Are you ready to discover who you came here to be? Welcome to the Human Design and Astro Club podcast. Human Design is a system and a tool that is here to empower you and show you your greatest potential. Come learn with us and discover who you really are. Hi friends, Crystal here. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to jump on here real quick and let you know about a few of our offers. We don't just do transits on here and we don't just interview people. We also have deeper ways for you to connect to yourself as well as others. Our first offer is actually completely free. It's our free guide to honoring your strategy and authority and tips and tricks to do so. If you struggle with this place, if you struggle with what your authority is, if you're still confused about your type, I highly suggest picking up this free guide. We also have our manual to your true self. If you struggle with the languaging behind human design, if you don't understand the parts of the body graph, or how to read your chart, I highly recommend picking up our manual to your true self. We go through all the key terms and ways to integrate this information. Let's move on to our classes. We have a bunch of classes that we just launched um, that are all connected to the variables. The variables are connected to the four transformations. So this is your unique path to your true self. And our first class is actually our determination class. And this class is helping you understand the way in which you eat. It shows you the correct environment for you to eat in and also the way in which you take in information. Our next class is our cognition class that is also connected to the brain and it helps you understand the way your body interprets frequency. It is your unique super sense that aligns your vehicle. And our third class, we actually just launched. We're super excited about it. And it's our environments class. This class helps you understand how your unique vehicle aligns to your outside world. It shows you the correct people that you might connect to in your correct environment. It shows you your true success. Now, after you go through these classes, if you're feeling like you need a little bit of extra support, if you're feeling like you want to understand how to decondition at a deeper level, if you're looking for community, I highly suggest checking out our human design support group. We have a bunch of differentiated folks in there that are going through the same process as you. We have two Zoom calls a month and we also have a community page where you can ask any questions about your design or thing or just share, simply share what you're going through. Now our last offer is our 2022 forecast for the year. We go through all of the key players of what's going on for 2022 through the lens of human design, astrology, and tarot. If any of these offers sound riveting to you, I highly suggest picking them up. You can check them out in our descriptions of our show notes down below. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Design and Astro Club podcast. We have a very special guest here today. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, we are here to combine human design, which shows you your quantum self. It shows you all the beautiful ways that you're here to express your, your true authentic self. And we combine that with astrology and kind of intertwine them together to paint a bigger picture of the whole reason why we're here and also how to also prepare you because we also do transit updates every week on our weekly program. So go check those out if you have not, have not done so yet. And I am going to welcome Josh to the podcast. Hello, Josh. How are you Hello. doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you. I'm very excited to, yeah. to be here with you ladies and uh, enjoy some fun conversation and uh, diving into some deep topics. I, I love doing this stuff. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for coming. So I have known Josh for years now. We uh, met at the Kabbalah Center and he's, he, he goes deep. He, he, did a, he did a Kabbalistic astrology reading for me years ago. He probably doesn't even remember what he said to me, but it has stuck with me. I have listened to it multiple times. And the biggest thing, and I said this to you other, the other day in DMs, the biggest thing that you said to me that was so profound, which I mean, that's kind of the beauty of your design for me looking at your design. And we would like to give a little background on that. So, because people are going to be wondering, everyone's always curious of what is everybody that I'm listening to. Um, but he said to me, and we're going to talk about the nodes a little bit. We all have the same nodes, which I find to be fascinating. We all have North node Taurus, South node Scorpio. And you said to me, because my North node is in my fourth house and my South nodes in my 10th house that I can have both. You said that I can have mm. both a career and also a family life. And I don't have to choose. And I feel like that's also a very Libra thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but did you choose? That's the question. I have, I, I, I'm combining them. I'm working from exactly. my home now. <laughs> that's what I Incredible. did. That's amazing. So um, Josh, please tell us your, your big three in astrology. And if you want to explain the difference between um, Western astrology and Kabbalistic astrology for those that don't know, because there is a difference. And then um, I, um, I can tell everybody what your human design part is and we can move on from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a Libra with a Libra moon and I'm Sagittarius rising. That's my big three. Um, uh, I'm so Libra. I'm very, 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 very Libra, but I'm also very Sag. So uh, I could probably um, babble on throughout this whole podcast. So make sure that you cut me off <laughs> if I start talking too much. <laughs> I mean, it's teasing. Um, but, but I am a Kabbalistic astrologer. I began studying Kabbalah in 2000 and uh, let's see, gosh, 2005. Wow. Uh, and then I started uh, seriously studying astrology in 2009 uh, and so I have been practicing both Kabbalah and astrology um, for over 10 years uh, and it's a passion for me. Uh, the primary distinction between 
conventional astrology, conventional Western astrology, and Kabbalistic astrology is that in Kabbalistic astrology, we have the consciousness and understanding that no matter what is written in your chart, you can change it. You can change anything that is written in your chart. There is nothing that is uh, permanent uh, and that is written in stone. And through the power of uh, the, the transformative process of the soul and the story of the soul, uh, through embracing transformation, through embracing spiritual change, you can actually unblock anything in the chart that is, let's say, being denied to you. Um, you can access greater levels of consciousness. So we're not looking at the birth chart to see what is your fate, because fate uh, is something that can be um, that can be changed. Now, the interesting thing is that if the individual is not necessarily interested in doing spiritual work and in, in, in wanting to, to really transform their consciousness uh, in a way that is uh, moving out of selfishness and into more of a creator-like consciousness, then what is written in the chart is permanent. Mm. What is written there will unfold. So the beauty of Kabbalistic astrology is that if we can understand what is the, the soul's process of transformation? We can uh, overcome anything in the chart that appears to be limiting. And we can access greater levels of abundance. We can access greater levels of freedom. We can access greater levels of wisdom and knowledge and self-expression. Uh, and so it's a really powerful take on astrology. And it's very, it's very soul-centered. Uh, it is not something, although, sure, we can look at the chart, we can say next year, you're going to have Saturn in this house, and that means you're going to be challenged in this area of life. And that doesn't mean that it's not something that you can't transform and that you can't uh, draw out the most positive aspects rather than succumb to, let's say, you know, the most extreme manifestation of that particular thing. Um, so that's that's the main difference. Uh to to answer your question about how I um how I came to Kabbalah, right? Did you ask me that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, good. I'm glad I didn't imagine I just, it. Can I also just say, just because some people don't know, the uh, Kabbalistic astrology is based off the lunar calendar, though, right? So, so there the the calendar that we use um, is not necessarily the same as the chart that we look at. The, the calendar is, is the, the Hebrew calendar. It is a lunar calendar. It's a right. lunisolar calendar. Mm -hmm. So every new moon, we enter into a new month. We enter into a new energy. And depending on the lunar month that one is born in, this is really indicating the core of their spiritual work. Now, you're not going to be able to see this month in the chart unless you know exactly how to look for it. Um, but if you know your Kabbalistic or Hebrew birthday, you can actually know your Kabbalistic sign. So you can be <clears throat> going to have your son, let's say, in Sagittarius, but you're born in the month of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's your setup, right? That's how it is yes, for you. That you is. have the, oh, that's you're right. You're so good. 
Josh. Yeah. So you were, uh, you were on fire. You were so good. I was like, <laughs> how does he remember that? It's been years. Um, and we had we didn't even, we haven't even talked about it recently when we DM'd. So this is yeah, and I'm photographic the same, says I'm the same way. Like I do, I remember I literally literally memorize people's charts and, and then it's just like imprinted in my brain, but you're also it's so helpful. Brain. Yeah. It's so helpful. You know you know how to help people, you know how to interact with people, you know what their boundaries are, what their limits are, you know, what motivates them. It's so helpful. It, it, I mean it is. And then it helps you be able to connect with people on a deeper level. I feel like for for myself, sure. understanding this, this information has helped me see myself in a new light, but then it helps me also see other people for exactly who they are without trying to, um, almost like create, create an, uh, a version where people have to relate to my perspective. Everybody has a different views, different perspectives on life. And I mm-hmm. feel like you get to see other people's perspectives and the way they're interpreting and they're filtering information right we're all kind of filtering through different lenses and um yeah so in in kabbalah i uh kabbalistic astrology i'm a capricorn Mm -hmm. i'm also rising capricorn so Mm -hmm. i do it is it is pretty pronounced in my chart and when i found out that i i was uh capricorn in, in kabbalistic astrology i was like huh i was like yeah there's a lot there's an extra it's just like there's an extra layer there but i also have five planets in sagittarius (laughs) so So you so you feel both and that's okay because we're all multifaceted we're not just one thing right you know so you know you're you're you've got capricorn aspects to your personality and to your your life path and the work that you're here to achieve and then you also have aspects of sagittarius that are here to support you in 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 that uh in that path so yeah when you when you understand the the lunar month uh in the kabbalistic calendar that you're born in you can really understand the core Mm-hmm. of that spiritual work and so in your case it's related to Capricorn what would so. you say about that just curious uh, the core work uh, the core spiritual work of Capricorn is overcoming the illusion of lack mm. overcoming the the illusion that you don't have enough you maybe are not enough that you don't have enough time you don't have enough money you don't have enough whatever it is resource that the resource is lacking. Uh, and so the way that Sagittarius helps you is to be, is to push into a consciousness of abundance. Uh, and so it's, it's the core of Capricorn is overcoming the illusion that you don't have enough. Uh, and we, we know that the, in Kabbalistic teaching, the, the source of all blessing and abundance, we call it the light force, the light of the endless. Uh, a lot of people call it God, a lot of co- people call it the cosmos, uh, and uh, the, the light is always present. There's just the limitation of the five senses that don't allow us to fully experience the light. And really, the process of transformation that we're meant to go through is removing the blockages that don't allow us to receive that light or to experience that light or to manifest or feel that light uh, being expressed. And so for Capricorn, it's really overcome the illusion that if let's say you give something, let's say you give uh, somebody money 
it means that you're now lacking money. Mm. But if you expand beyond and you understand that the source of your money is the light force and that the, the stronger you make a connection to the light force, abundance will always flow and you don't worry about uh, giving. Um, and you don't find reasons not to give uh, or not to uh, think in a more abundant way. So that's the core, that's the core work. And, you know, but with, with Sun and Sagittarius, the light that you shine in this world is the light of abundance. abundance. It's the light of inspiration. It's the light of wisdom. It's the light of expanding the consciousness and expanding our understanding of what gives life meaning. Uh, and it's also being a channel of abundance, being a channel of growth, being a channel of um, uh, pushing the boundary. Uh, not seeing the limit. You know, they say Sagittarians are very lucky. It's not that Sagittarians are lucky. It's that Sagittarians don't see limit. They don't see the boundary. And because they don't see the boundary, they don't believe that it's impossible. They know that it is possible because there's no boundary that that stops them. Uh, And so moving into a consciousness of of, of, uh, limitlessness uh, of knowing that um, the impossible can be possible, that then helps overcome the Capricorn consciousness of lack. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Can I ask what mine are? Can I? Can you do that off the top of your head? <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, actually, yeah. What's your What's your birthday? Let's do it. January twenty eighth. Okay, January twenty eighth. What year? Eighty five. Eighty five. And were you born before or after sundown? After. After sundown. Okay. So you're born in the month of Aquarius. Is your son also in Aquarius? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're both. So in this case, sometimes it's different. Sometimes it's not. In my case, it's not. And in your case, it's not. Yeah. Um, and uh, the primary function of Aquarius is to enter into life and, and go through a period of feeling like an outsider, of being on the outside, of feeling different and othered. Uh, and through that experience of feeling othered, Uh, you are given a perspective on uh, situations, structures, processes that um, are uh, uh, oppressive, that are limiting, that are harmful, and uh, seek to uh, shift and transform them. Uh, So because you're sort of on the outside, always on the outside looking in, you have a truly different perspective on life and on situations and on uh, processes and organizations because you naturally feel as though you're on the outside looking inside. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it, the, the, the core work of the Aquarian is to be on the outside, to be inspired by this different perspective and work to translate that perspective to sort of in a sense, and I hate to use this term, but dumb it down, dumb it down so that people yeah. can receive this revolutionary idea, this truly unique perspective in a way that makes sense to them, in a way that can be applicable to them. Uh, it's also doing the work of overcoming um, whatever emotional difficulty um, feeling other has caused you. Uh, because with Aquarius, it can, it can feeling on the feeling like you're always on the outside, uh, 
can make connection difficult, uh, deeper connection with others. And so to work to not always operate from the other position and to be more comfortable with vulnerability, with deepening relationships with other people um, and not coming purely from a place of analysis or rationality, moving out of the head and allowing yourself to move more into the heart um, yeah. and to come from a place of serving, not to, you know, uh, stick it to the man, but to, uh, but to actually be of service to people. And if you want to be of greater service to people, you have to open your heart and feel people. Um, and so it's kind of walking that balance um, and allowing yourself to do that inner work. I just saw your whole human design chart through the words that he said. (laughs) I did too. Yeah. Because she, she has a defined head in Ajna. So she gets very heady up here a lot and she gets stuck in her mind, which I feel like is also an Aquarius thing air. It's all, it's all up here anyway. So, and like that you're like the outsider, which I feel like is very projector because you're like on the outside absorbing other people's energy. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's all, it's all connected. It's just a different, a different way to express it and interpret it. And I, I just love seeing the beauty and I love the way you say everything, Josh, because you're just so everybody knows, I'm going to give, read Josh's um, human design chart. So you guys know what we're working with as he goes through. So you can kind of see, it's nice to see the lens in which this information is being filtered through. I think that's fun. So Josh is a pure manifesting generator. Uh, 4-6 profile. And he is a pure manifesting generator, meaning that he has the 2034 channel. And he he's what I've found from him, he and he's his motivation is hope. And Josh, the motivation of hope is, and it's the opposite of you, Leah, um, <laughs> which is guilt. Um, the motivation of hope is that you're you're it's almost like you, you, you take a step back. It's a little bit of, uh, of this passivity of being able to see, look through the lens of, I can see the beauty in all of it. I can see the beauty in, in the mess. I can see the beauty in these situations and know that I can hold that space for it and not feel like I have to fix it. I don't have to fix everything when you're in your true motivation of the way in which you see the world and also the way in the, which the world sees you you're, you're able to hold the space of everything's going to work out. Everything's just going to work out the way it's supposed to. I don't have to fix anything for anybody because the world is perfect the way it is as it is right now. And I feel like yeah, absolutely that. That's amazing. And it very much aligns with, you know, my Sagittarius rising. Sagittarius mm-hmm. is very hopeful, you know, yeah. we're a very optimistic sign. And, uh, you know, Libra is also ruled by, it's ruled by Venus, which is the planet of beauty. Um, so, you know, giving that, uh, packaging that hope in a, with a nice paint bow. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what you, you and like, again, like what, what you, I just said earlier that you gave me that hope in that moment. I, I, I know you didn't realize this, but I was like going through this, uh, I was about to enter my Saturn return during that time when we mm. did that reading for me too. Your Saturn in Capricorn? Uh, my Saturn is in... Shoot. Or Sag. I think it's Sag. What year were you born? 85. 
Yeah, I think it's Sag. I think it, yeah, it might Sag. be Sag. I just, I was like, I when you said Capricorn, it's either Sag or Scorpio. It's either Sag or Scorpio. It's Sag. I'm pretty sure it's Sagittarius. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's right. Um, but I remember you gave me hope that day that you did that reading for me because I was struggling with the the crossroads of should I continue doing hair and makeup even though I knew it was not it was not fully lighting me up which as a generator which I told you before we are here to do what lights us up and what we love and when we're not following our passions that's when we get fucked up and I realized that that passion was actually just for me and it wasn't meant Mm. to be shared with everybody else and what I'm doing now is meant to be shared with other people and so great I, I, I couldn't figure out how to make those two work with having a family and then also having a career. But now that I've stepped into my true self, I see how I can, I can balance out the two. I'm still working on it because obviously I'm about to enter my nodal return and I want to, I want you to talk about, um, tacoons and all of that stuff in, in, in a moment, but can you tell us what Kabbalah is? Cause some people don't even know. Sure. So, sure. So uh, Kabbalah isn't just one thing, but essentially uh, Kabbalah is an an Aramaic word that means to receive. And uh, this uh, ancient uh, uh, primordial spiritual wisdom, uh, its purpose is to awaken us to the uh, necessary transformation we need to go through in order to receive all of the goodness and abundance and light and blessing that the cosmos, the creator, the light uh, wants to give to us. Uh, it is wisdom that teaches us the metaphysical laws of cause and effect, uh, how to operate within those laws. Uh, These laws are derived through um, decoding the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, so the Torah. So through its decodification, we're taught what these universal metaphysical laws are and how can we live within them in order to find greater balance, greater uh, abundance, happiness, love. It is a wisdom that shows us how to get out of our own way. Uh, and how to open up ourselves and build a vessel uh, to, or a true vessel that allows us to receive the full abundance of the universe. Um, It's also a system that can be used, a system of tools that through using them can give us support in our spiritual transformation which according to Kabbalah is essentially going from a consciousness that we call vessel, a vessel consciousness, which is a consciousness that is rooted in what we call the desire to receive for the self alone. So it's essentially wanting things selfishly, purely because you want them. Uh, And we want to transform that into a desire to create and share. We want to transform the selfishness within us that tells us that we should only take for us and not be focused on sharing with anyone else because nobody else will do it for us. So we're the only ones that can take care of ourselves or whatever silly reason we have. But 
through the transformation of aligning ourselves with the creator. In other words, being like the creator, being a force of love, of goodness, of sharing, to put ourselves back in the position of being the cause rather than being the effect. We become what's called an affinity of form with the light of the creator. So we understand the spiritual rule of like attracts like. Things that are similar will attract to similar things. And so when we behave selfishly like a vessel, we are in disaffinity with the light because the light is nothing but a force of sharing good and love. And when we transform from vessel into a light-like consciousness, we remove the blockages that don't allow the light to shine, and we actually become closer with the light force. And the closer we are with the light force, meaning the closer and more affinity of form that we have with this light force, the, the more we will feel and experience its presence in our lives. Uh, and so Kabbalah is, is the, not only just the wisdom of how this functions, but the tools by which to attain that truer affinity of form. And therefore you feel a life with more certainty. You don't have doubt about things. You understand the process of um, development, the spiritual process of development things have to go through. And at which points in their development are you more likely to get tripped up? And how can you be more conscious of that and aware of that and not get tripped up? Uh, and so the, the support that we get through this, this understanding and this system um, are really valuable. They're really, really valuable because it's, it's not something that you'll find just anywhere. Um, it's something that was kept secret for thousands of years. Uh, up until we entered into uh, what the Kabbalists defined as the age of Aquarius, um, and uh, which according to um, Rabbi Abraham Azalai, uh, we entered into this uh, about three, two to 300 years ago. Um, so we're already in the, the, the birthing stages of the age of Aquarius, which is the age of uh, no limitation where we'll see literal uh, immortality, we'll see true peace on earth. And so this, um, this wisdom is helping us to get closer, helping us to get closer to that uh, full revelation of the light force in this world. So that's what that is. <laughs> Just a little nutshell. And we are all pieces of the light, right? Mm -hmm. That's For that's sure. That's the other thing that I feel like is the difference between like religion with people and uh, that Kabbalah shares with us is that we like we hold we are all connected. One, we are all one and we all hold this energy within us and it's not it's it's already inside of us and it's it's not that we have to look on the outside to find it. Absolutely. What I realizing that that um, everything that you want, um, you only want it because it already exists. Mm -hmm. And it, through the work of transformation, it's not that you uh, get what you want. It's that you reveal it. Mm -hmm. uh, you reveal what you want. 
And you do that through a process of um, you know, letting go and shutting different aspects of your ego and different aspects of selfishness that actually create blockages to the revelation of those blessings or, or what have you of that light. I love that so much. I was just like reminiscing on my own like self-development journey over the years and like shedding all those layers and like bringing light to stuff that I've been just stuffing down as far as possible. Like the more that I shine that light in and the more that I learn about like human design and now what you're, you're saying here, it's like so amazing to see how it kind of just comes around full circle like just the when you allow yourself to accept change and not have to live with all of the things like the that deconditioning process that we like to call it when you accept that that's going to happen and there's going to be painful moments but there's also going to be really beautiful powerful moments after those painful things and you can change and it's just really cool to, to to hear you kind of wrap it up into like a beautiful little package. <laughs> like Josh does. Yeah. yeah. You do yeah. have a way with words, which you have a defined throat in human design. And it's for you, it's connected to truth. I feel like it's connected to pure truth source energy. You're able to kind of um, pull that from above for you because you have a completely open head in human design and the head is the crown and um, it's, it's connected to directly to source energy and it's where inspiration comes from. And it's like you download directly from that place mm -hmm. and then it just projects out to other people. Mm -hmm. And every time you say stuff, I'm always like, and you always like have, like, there's a little bit, you have Scorpio in you, don't you? Mm -hmm. yeah. I have lots of Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. I have lots of Scorpio and lots of Capricorn actually and a very strong Mars. <laughs> there's always a little secret wrapped in what you reveal. <laughs> You said something to me last time when we did a reading and I, I'm, I'm blanking right now on what it was, but I held on to it for a very long time <laughs> and you wouldn't tell me where it was in my chart. So I couldn't like refer to it or, or, or try to analyze it because I'm aligned once. I'm always like investigating and trying to get to the bottom of things. And I'm going to have to go listen to it and find out what that was because I can't remember now. But you always are, but you, what this does for other people is you get people to, to come back for more. Mm. What's the, don't I have something with markets in my, oh yeah. I remember, so, I remember seeing that. Oh yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, so both Leah and Josh are both markets environment um, and both external markets actually. And um, markets, so environment and human design is connected to your outside world. It's connected to your physical body. Also, it's connected to your unconscious part of you. And so when you are in your correct environment, you are able to align to the correct people that are then going to give you the correct perspective. It also is when you are feel, you feel the most whole in your body. It's also, um, where you'll experience the most success in, in your environment and also health health wise, you'll be, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll feel pretty good. Um, for you, your transferred environment is, um, valleys, um, and valleys. It's really about sound and the acoustics that's coming through. And sometimes when there's too much sound surrounding you, it's like, kind of like noise pollution. You're like, you're nodding like, yes. 
yeah, oh my God, you have no idea. I'm, and I'm, I'm an auditory learner. Mm. So I, you know, when I was in school, uh, I would always make my teachers mad because I would never be looking at them. I would be like doodling or something and they would uh, like ask me a question and they would think that they were trying to get me like, I gotcha. But I always answered them. But you're focused because you're a focused person. Because yeah. I, I mean, I just, I've always absorbed things through sound. Mm. And conversely, you know, if I'm trying to concentrate and there's a lot of sound in the, in the, in the, in the room, um, I, uh, I can't concentrate mm. at all. No. And it's interesting because Libra, Libra, Libra rules the ears. It rules like the equilibrium. And, and so, you know, sound is very, it's a very sensitive um, thing for Libras, like to feel any sort of discordant sound or, or chaotic sound is really disorienting for us. Uh, and so um, it's so interesting to see how it, how it, it's how it all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you explain to us, because um, I, I've told people this and I, I talk about it, but probably not enough. And I'm hope I'm hoping with, with you here. And then afterwards, I'll, I'll get a little bit more courage to talk about the tree of life a little bit more because it's not talked about enough in the human design industry. Like at, I mean, is that even talked about Leah? Like at all? Like, do I don't, I've, I've literally seen like, I've never found anything. No. Yeah. So people come to me for this information, but I'm definitely not an expert. Like you are, I would consider you an expert. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's a very, very deep study in Kabbalah. Um, it's called, uh, in Hebrew, Talmud Esfesfilot, meaning the study of the 10 luminous emanations. And these are the 10 different dimensions that are within the tree of life. Mm-hmm. The tree of life, essentially, it, what it represents is the process or the filters through which the endless and infinite light force of God must pass through in order to end at a manifested state. Mm. And when you understand what each of these 10 dimensions represents, you can then look at any given situation, any different, uh, any, any, um, any pros- process or project and identify exactly what stage you're in, what stage of development is this, um, you know, this, this infinite uh, light force energy, which then turns into an idea, which then turns into a plan, which then turns into execution, which then turns into finished product. I mean, this is kind of really, really crash course in how the tree of life functions. But what you're looking at is you're looking at the different filters and the different stages. Can you explain uh, them for us, for the people the that don't know what that means? So you can divide the tree of life up into, into four primary categories. Um, you have the, the dimension on top. Um, you have then the following two, the middle um, six, and uh, the final um, one at the bottom. So if, you, if anybody wants to look up uh, a tree of life, you'll see what I mean. There, there are 10 circles that are arranged in a specific order. And so what they represent is they represent those stages. Um, so for example, the first stage is the undifferentiated um, 
light force of God sort of trans uh, sort of being being um, uh, condensed into an idea an idea so let's say the idea is a pencil okay so the infinite flight force of uh, the of the creator says to somebody make a pencil okay this is the first in, uh, first emanation the 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 second two um, relate to then actually receiving the idea actually having the idea become aware in your mind say oh I could make a pencil and then you move into the stage where you design this pencil where you say okay this is the color that I wanted to have this is you know maybe I want to turn it into a pen or maybe I want to turn it into a um, something but then you start to you start to give it form in your mind and you start to create a plan or a schematic for the pencil. Then the next six uh, emanations or, or what they call sfilot, the sfilot, they are actually the process of making the pencil. So going and getting the wood and getting the graphite and getting the eraser and getting the, the little metal thing that goes around the eraser to keep it attached to the wood. Um, and you actually make the pencil. That's the process of actually creating it and making it. And then the final one at the bottom is the fully manifested thought, um, which is actually having the pencil in your hand. So, uh, it's it's the the way by which the 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 light force which is is infinite and can become really anything can be sort of transmuted and put into a form of anything becomes more and more um, they call it dense it begins to take on a, a being given a corporeal material form. So in, in many ways, you could say how, if you look at it as a human, you could say, you know, it's the parent's desire to have a child, actually then, you know, trying to plan, you know, for, you know, the woman to be at the right time in her ovulation cycle, and then actually intercourse, and then the, the pregnancy, and then that infinite light force of God, then enters into a soul, the soul then enters into a body, and then the body is, is born as a human being. So you can see this process everywhere. You can see this process in anything, even with the podcast. You know, you had the idea, oh, let's bring Josh on the podcast. And then you started to plan, let's, let, let me write him and you texted me. And then we said, what time, okay? And then we arranged it. And now we're here in the process of doing it, right? So we're in that, we're in that, uh, that little middle section. Um, and so, um, once we're done, then we'll have the podcast. And now, now the, the infinite light has now been made manifest as a podcast episode. So this is what, this is what the tree of life represents. It represents this process. Um, and it's, there's so much more detail. There's so many secrets. Um, all the secrets of the universe are really encapsulated into this understanding and this yeah. wisdom. So, but that's kind of a crash course. <laughs> It's like a, a tree, of, names, tree of life for dummies. <laughs> not, that, not that we're dummies, but <laughs> like, yeah. Josh just called you guys dummies. No, just <laughs> we don't have like no 
we don't have 45 hours to sit here and get it we don't because i could listen to stuff like i know this. you do crystal but <laughs> i don't really i just want i just want to listen to this conversation no, that was that was really cool um so the 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 kabbalah tree of life is um the in in human design is connected to the um the channels and the the body graph of set uh, itself but it is inverted it's upside down can you explain we were talking about that briefly before we um got on here and you were talking and i and i said that it's upside down and then you started saying some stuff that was really profound and i want you to repeat that on <laughs> <laughs> uh, here for everybody so that they can understand and and kind of start to bring together um what the tree of life actually looks like on the body graph yeah so I mean, even the tree of life can be imposed on the physical human body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have the different uh, ways in which these these ten dimensions manifest themselves everywhere. You can see these ten dimensions in everything. You can see it in the body. You can see it in a book. You can see it in a plant. You can see it in a computer. You can see these ten dimensions in everything. Um, and there is a what we call the spiritual reality or the true reality, which goes from below, meaning uh, the most corporeal physical manifested form to above, which is non-physical, no physicality, pure energy, pure consciousness. Now you can also go, and once you get to the physical world, then uh, everything in this physical world is actually flipped upside down. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, we must enter into a process of spiritual transformation because it's very easy to be confused by the, you know, you guys ever watch Stranger Things? You know, they talk yes. about the upside down. Yes, that is what because I really, I literally thought the same thing. Okay, keep going. So our physical world is kind of the upside down of the true spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. And um, when you you understand, and basically the way, it, the easiest way to understand is that we naturally look to feel pleasure. We look to feel pleasure because we're looking to experience and receive the light. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we believe that if it feels good and it feels pleasurable, it's good for us. And then if it doesn't feel good and it doesn't feel pleasurable, it's not good for us. We, common sense tells us that you know our five senses believe this, but we know that it's a lie. It's not true. Sometimes what feels really good is not good for us. And sometimes what feels really terrible is really good for us. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times can we think about in our lives where we've experienced some sort of uh, difficulty, chaos, doubt, uncertainty? We didn't know what to do and where to go. We for sure were convinced that we've been cast into some sort of darkness. And we label that experience as negative. But on the other side, when you can look back, you see exactly how that difficult situation led you to uh, the the blessing that you're experiencing in this moment. And it's easy, we forget about that because the, the, the upside down of our physical world, um, it fools us. It fools us into believing that if it's, if it's not pleasurable, that it's not gonna be good for me. And so, what what 
when we when we understand really how the process of spiritual transformation functions and that we want to um, we want to push away immediate gratification or immediate pleasure because by by taking an immediate gratification we're immediately limiting that light right so if let's say I want a pencil, I go and I make a pencil. By getting a pencil, I've automatically excluded every other option in the world. So I have a pencil, but I don't have a pen. I don't have a marker. I don't have a dry erase marker. I don't have a crayon. I don't have a colored pencil. I have a regular pencil. It's limited. And so we, when we, when we, when we transform and say, maybe what I want right now in this moment is just a limited perspective that I have. And if I can maybe let it go for a minute and trust in the, the process or the, the presence of the light force in my life, it can actually lead me into something greater. It can actually give me a greater fulfillment, a lasting fulfillment. You know, maybe instead of me having one pencil, I end up somehow getting a whole pack of uh, a pencil and a dry erase marker and every kind of writing instrument that I could think of. And here it is, right? Because I didn't settle for this immediate gratification. I didn't limit. Um, and so the, when we understand how the, the 10 emanations and the dimensions of the tree of life relate to our spiritual process, we actually can access unlimited light we can access unlimited um blessing unlimited fulfillment constant 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 um, but that of course requires that we embrace the spiritual process we embrace spiritual work of transformation and going against our um our selfishness our ego our our immediate gratification and saying maybe there's something greater for me I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, I feel, it's like, it's almost like we never quite have the right perspective because we're kind of in like upside down world mm -hmm. on, on the material plane is, is kind of the way that I see it. I actually have this, um, um, this little contraption where I, I, I go upside down and I do inversions and <laughs> I kind of like get in the little tree of life position and I just kind of like release and let go. And I feel this like deep connection from my head to, to the earth. And it's almost like I can, I actually see things more clearly upside down <laughs> than I do <laughs> right side up. And I, I, I just, I just feel like we never quite see the right angle, right? A lot of times. Well, even even if you, you know how the, you know how the human eye works, right? The image actually enters onto the onto the retina upside down, and our mm -hmm. brain flip it. So even our eyes, our eyes are not seeing right side up. Our mm. brains are forcing us to see right side up. Right. The brain just flips it, and so that's that's what we want to do in our spiritual work is we want to understand that oftentimes we see things based on our five senses, which are, are extremely limited. Uh, you know, I mean, even just the visible light spectrum is, is a tiny fraction of, uh, of, of the spectrum of, um, of energy, right? Because just out, even, even if we can see just outside of 
if we could see ultraviolet and infrared, if we could just see those two, the whole universe would change for us. Mm -hmm. The way we would perceive reality would totally change for us. I mean, we could see in the dark. We could see in the dark, but we can't see in the dark because we can't see beyond that, 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 that wavelength, that spectrum. And so we understand that our senses limit us when our senses make us believe that if we just had the pencil, we'd be happy. Mm. It's not about having the pencil. It's really about going through the process of creating the pencil, not having yeah. the pencil. We want to skip the process as humans. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our reactively, we want to skip the process. Yeah, yeah. We don't like the process. Yeah. But we're, we should want to embrace the process because it's that's the path to lasting fulfillment. Right. I feel like the example that I always keep in mind when I hear those sorts of examples is like the butterfly, the whole stages of like from the caterpillar to the butterfly, like you can't just become a butterfly from a caterpillar. You have to go through the goop. You have to go through all of the cocoon crappy, like, yeah, you have to go through all of that to get to the next stage, which is beautiful. And as much as we want to skip that painful part, because it's icky, there's always that breaking free from all of the things, if you're willing to look at it that from that perspective, um, that's how you can see that from the other side. And then we do it all the time. It's not, you don't just bloom once, like it's constant. <laughs> I love that. You don't just bloom once. No, no yeah. way. And uh, Josh is a four six. So he is the butterfly. Mm-hmm. You're the butterfly. The, so the sixth line, so the sixth line, okay. So the profile, Josh, because I know you, we, we, I've just given, I've given you a crash course <laughs> in this system. Um, but the profile is connected to your personality. It's the way that you express yourself this life and um, the way other people also see you. And so for you, you are uh, the um, opportunist role model. You actually have this internal network that you pull from you always know the right people to like reach out to and you you really need to have like that foundation to jump to the next place for you you don't like jumping until you know where the lily pad is (laughs) Leah can relate to you with that she's also four um (laughs) and that's a big thing with 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 the fours but you guys are like the natural networkers you guys you guys really, you know, like, and you guys are like the friendliest people. Fourth lines are always like, Hey, how you do? And you always, you always used to do that. When I would find you at the Kabbalah center, you would be like, Oh, hi. And you just go up and you'd be like, Oh, hi. And you would just go, <laughs> you were just going around to each person and you were just like chatting, but then you had this other part of you. And I, I guess you were going through it around the same time that I was going through my Saturn return, but the sixth line is the role model. And I look at that as the butterfly because in order to be the role model, you first need to be the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need, so you were a third line before your Saturn return. The sixth line goes through three phases. It goes through the ground floor where you're the third line. I'm actually a three. I, I will always be a three. I'll never get to be the butterfly. Oh, no way. I don't believe that. We're going to go above that. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think, I, I, I do think there's a lot of experience that the third line goes through where they can then um, 
be a role model in certain aspects. But the thing is, the difference with the actual role model is so you guys start out as the third line, you're on the ground floor, you're, you're in the mess, you're, you're, you're running into all these fires, you probably ran into a lot more fires before your Saturn return than you're willing to run into now. Um, because after your Saturn return, which is usually kind of traumatizing for a six line. So I'm curious to know how your Saturn return went, because usually there's a little bit of trauma of like, um, cause what happens is after your Saturn return, you actually climb your way up to what's called the roof in human design. And you become a little bit more aloof. You come a little bit more reserved. You don't want to be in the, you don't want to be in the line of fire anymore. You don't want to be on the ground floor uh, crawling through all trial and erring life. You're, you're done with that. You've done enough errors that you're like, okay, I've gained some wisdom from this unique way of living that I'm now on the roof and I'm going to just watch. I'm just going to be the observer. Sometimes I might want to jump down and play for a little bit, but I'm always going to get back up on the roof. I'm not really down on the ground. I'm just kind of like saying hi. And then I'm back up on the roof and you, you do that until, um, you, you reach your next level of where you have this completion of where you feel a sense of wholeness and you have a deeper understanding of, uh, of that new perspective that you got on the roof. And then you come back down and you're actually become the role model mm. for everybody else. I love that. So, um, I, I want to talk about, because since we all have the same nodes and I, and I'm sure nobody knows what a tacoon is on here. <laughs> that's listening maybe a few people i actually did uh someone did tell me they they enrolled in kabbalah one after um they listened to some podcasts and like they got interested and also they're a human design reader so they're they were like i need to know more about this system that nobody talks about so i love when people get inspired to dive deeper um but for those that don't know what a tacoon is and also the nodes and if we could talk about can you, can you, can you speak about the nodes that we've now entered into, which are our nodes, uh, yeah. the South Node Scorpio, North Node Taurus? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the word tikkun is an Aramaic word, and it means correction. Uh, the, the spiritual process that we go through is a process of correction. Uh, whenever we behave with vessel consciousness, meaning whenever we take for ourselves alone, uh, and even on a simple level that could look like um, uh, just getting angry, right? In the moment, all you want is to get angry. And so you fulfill your desire to get angry and you get angry and you yell and you scream. And uh, what happens is you fill your vessel with light and without getting into the nitty gritty of why that light gets cut off. That light gets cut off. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the filament and the bulb burns out. And there's a short circuit in the bulb and the light stops flowing. When that happens, you actually put a, a it's called a, a veil or a shell between yourself and the light force. And whether we like it or not, the light force is constantly trying to share with us. It's constantly trying to make itself manifest in our lives. But the blockages that we've created don't allow it to manifest, don't allow it to express in a way that is, is, is positive. Uh, and so instead, when the light tries to come in and you've created a blockage, it manifests as a challenge, it manifests as a difficulty in order to give you the opportunity to remove that blockage. So let's say you have a blockage of anger. What will happen is you will enter into a tikkun process 
where you will be confronted over and over and over again with things that make you angry until you realize that it is not the external that needs to change. It is your anger that needs to change. And when you get to a point where external things no longer make you angry, you've made a correction. And what you've done is you've removed a blockage or a veil that separates you from the light of the creator and you allow more light to shine into your life. Um, my teacher Rob Berg explains that it's like you've got it's like you've got a lamp sitting in your living room, but it's covered with thousands of layers of plastic wrap. Okay. Now the plastic wrap, when you first start putting it on, doesn't block the light. But the more that you put that plastic wrap over the light, let's say every metaphorically you do that, let's say in the example of getting angry, every time you get angry, you put more and more and more plastic wrap over the light. And so eventually the light doesn't shine. And so at least rather the light does still shine, but you don't see it because it's been blocked. The light we know is still shining. It's not like just because it's been covered and concealed that it's not there anymore. So the correction process is a process whereby we transform our vessel consciousness into light consciousness. So those moments that trigger us, that want to push us into vessel thinking, into behaving like a vessel, um, into being operating only from the selfish impulse, we, we transform that to no longer be a slave to that desire. Rather, we use that desire to make the infinite light manifest for us. So this is the process of tikkun. This is the process of correction. And this is really the, the, the purpose of our physical realities to give us a, an area or, or a playing field upon which we can enter into that process and bring ourselves closer to the light through transformation. Now, in the astrological chart, you can actually see what direction, what, what corrective action or what course correction you need to make by seeing where the nodes of the moon lie. Um, the, the north node, um, and for those of you, I think in human design, you talk about the nodes, mm -hmm. no? Yeah, there, there might be people that aren't as familiar. So if you want to okay. explain. So the nodes, are, the nodes of the moon technically are where the paths of the sun and the moon intersect. And they are the signs within which the eclipses will occur. Mm -hmm. There is a, what's called a north node where the, the, the moon begins to move northward in the sky. And there's a south node where the moon begins to move southward in the sky. The north node is what we call the point of tikkun in the chart. So it's like a spiritual arrow. It says, in order for you to remove blockages of light, the blockages of allowing you to access light, you need to move in this direction. And you need to release the things that are blocking you. So when the nodes change signs, okay, and you're born with a particular point of tikkun, a particular north and south node, that never changes. But the, the nodes do change signs every 18 months in the sky, which means that the eclipses will occur in these signs. 
And where the eclipses occur, they're flashpoints in our corrective process. They are, it's, it shows us what exactly, and, and it creates moments where we have the opportunity to make a correction. So right now, the, the point of Tikkun or the North Node has moved into Taurus and the South Node has moved into Scorpio. Now, for those of us who are born with this, it means that we come from a past life of extreme trauma, of emotional trauma, of violence, um, particularly those of us who are um, millennials. Uh, we have also Pluto in Scorpio. Um, some of us might have Saturn in Scorpio like I do. Uh, and so this is coming from past lives of extreme trauma, of having lost a lot. Um, you know, depending on where this falls in your chart, it'll indicate what you lost or what was taken from you by force. And so the extreme emotional trauma, the, the fear, the expectation that things will go bad stays with us. And uh, our go-to reaction tends to be fear. Fear that something terrible will occur, fear that we're going to lose again, that they're going to take it from us again. And so in order to overcome that, we need to look towards Taurus. What is Taurus? Taurus is simplicity. Taurus is moving out of the complicated Scorpio psyche. It also means that those of us who were born with Tikkun and Taurus, we were Scorpios in our past lives. And so we want to move out of the Scorpio and over, overthinking, reading too deep into situations, maybe being overly um, suspicious of things that there's nothing to be suspicious about, uh, being fearful of people or situations and moving into a consciousness that's much more simple, much more simple. And if you've ever met a Taurus, they really enjoy the simplicity of life. They enjoy a good meal. They enjoy um, a good glass of wine. They enjoy the nice things in life. They enjoy going and buying flowers and decorating their space. They, they just enjoy the simplicity of life, the simple things. You know, uh, something that relates to like a simple is, is really just like being in your kitchen and just cutting food, preparing food for a meal and just being in that space and just really embracing the consciousness that you are safe and protected in that space of simplicity, that you don't have to be hypervigilant, that you don't have to worry that the next thing is going to fall, okay? So the, the, the point of Tikkun right now being in Taurus, yes, it is a nodal return for those of us who are born with it, but everybody is going to be affected by this. Mm -hmm. So it's moving out of the suspicion. It's moving out of the fear. It's moving out of the complicated and moving into the peaceful, moving into the tranquil, moving. And what that means is we'll have to be faced with situations where our fear is activated. And we'll have a choice whether we react to the fear and we act out of fear or we push back against it and we 
remove the veil that doesn't allow us to see the greater design in, in the process that we're going through. And having a greater level of certainty that whatever it is that I'm experiencing now, even if it feels even painful, is actually leading me towards some greater revelation, some new level in my life. And so we want to look for that. We want to look and see where does the fear come up? Where does the suspicion come up? Where does the, the overcomplication come up? And how can we release that? How can we let that go? You know, it'll, it'll probably require facing fear and pushing beyond fear uh, in order to see that it's safe, that it's okay, that we're fine, right? So that's, so that's the idea. And when it's in a nodal return, it means that it's bringing back past life stuff that we need to correct, that we need to transform, we need to change. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. South, South Node Scorpio is a little bit of a hard place, uh, or at least it can be. But I feel like everything that you just talked about was my first 30 years of my life. <laughs> like that, that, yeah. And I, I'm sure Leah's nodding. Yes. We're, we're, we're all South Node Scorpio. So that, that feeling that the rug is going to be pulled out from under me that if something good happens to me, it will be taken from me, um, that life will just always be hard in some way or chaotic or like I'm good, someone's like psychologically playing games with me. Um, that's all South Node Scorpio stuff. And it, it wasn't for me until finding Kabbalah and then, and then finding human design right after that, that I realized, you know what? Like I can actually simplify my life I can actually love life to the fullest and almost like Taurus is the bowl right and like be the bowl that's basking in the sun that's just enjoying the finer things of life and whatever that means for you you know the bowl the bowl doesn't the bowl and just enjoys the sun and the grass right and the bowl just enjoys what's there in front of it it doesn't it doesn't demand um uh, that anybody necessarily uh, uh it's not trying to change anything no it's not trying to manipulate it's not trying to control although there can be times when Taurus does become controlling but in this particular uh, nodal position it's, it's about embracing the positive aspects yeah. of Taurus, the really beautiful aspects of Taurus, the, the serenity and tranquility, the peace. The, the, if you ever know a Taurus, their, their attitude is, it's fine. You're going to be fine. Don't sure. worry. At their core, yes. We're cool. It's fine. You know? Obviously, it can then go to the other extreme where they don't change anything and they get yeah. stuck in a in a groundhog day loop because they don't want to change because it's fine. Um, and then Uranus comes into Taurus and pushes them out, um, pushes them out. So I think, and Uranus is in Taurus right now. And so mm -hmm. the eclipses mm -hmm. are going to be occurring next to Uranus, which means I think that we'll be, we'll shaken be up. shaken up, but also surprised at 
like what we can, like really what can be enjoyable. Um, surprised that there was nothing to be fearful of. Mm-hmm. Surprised that, you know, even though on the 1%, it looks like the markets are going topsy-turvy and, you know, uh, Russia might invade Ukraine and all these things that are creating so much doubt Mm -hmm. in our consciousness um, and giving us every reason to be fearful. Um, You know, Uranus and Taurus is saying, there's a new reality that's taking shape. There's a new reality. And in this reality, you can live in parallel universes. You can live in a universe where you are suspicious, you are fearful, you are suffering, you're dealing with chaos, you're dealing with complication, or you're choosing tranquility. You're choosing to just embrace the simplicity of what you have here in front of you and not not, uh, paying attention to the, the, the doubt or the worry or the fear. Um, so that's that's the idea. That's the idea of the North Node in Taurus. I, love I sort of feel like like I'm picturing in my head like physically, I've been like this, and then it's like, okay, like mm-hmm. just relax yourself, take your shoulders down, take a breath. Like everything doesn't have to be always like looking behind you, waiting for the next thing to happen. I feel like it's going to be the year where I can like actually let myself go and let myself breathe so you know I mean you know Saturn's in Aquarius and Saturn's demanding authenticity Mm -hmm. and that's it Mm -hmm. Saturn's saying you need to be authentic you need Mm -hmm. to be transparent you need to be real um and if you're not we'll notice and if you're not we'll call you out on it (laughs) yeah we notice (laughs) what what did you think of Sagittarius in the south node the last couple years before this how was um so that was that was coming out of a know-it-all consciousness mm-hmm. that was leaving behind all the truths that we learned from our past that were valid truths and that were was valid knowledge and valid wisdom but after 2020 we entered into a new reality and right. those truths no longer are valid we're, we're we're in a new world and so the north node and gemini was saying we need to be open-minded we need mm-hmm. to we need to uh, hold space for other people's thoughts and other people's opinions. And we need to talk. We need to converse, not argue over who's right. And I mean, of course, we can see this everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, on the one hand, it's, it's, it's good that uh, the nodes have shifted out of there. And so hopefully it, it will sort of chill the who's got the right answer and who's right, right who's right, hopefully, but, uh, you know. America, at least in the United States, for Sagittarius rising. So good luck. <laughs> um, it's true. But uh, you know, but but at least now the the shift is is it's different. Um, and hopefully through that process, we learn new truths. We we gain new information. We are we piqued our curiosity. We asked more questions, and we sought to uh, bring in new information that can help us understand and navigate this new reality, to right. develop new truths, write new stories, let go of old stories that we told ourselves, that truth of who we thought we were, what we could do, what we couldn't do, what we were capable of, and completely rewriting that. Um, and, and you know, making space for 
a new consciousness to come in, a new truth to, to show itself to us. Right. And that truth is, is, is what's, I, I, I feel like for me, it was almost, and I'm with being so much, so many Sag, so many Sag placements that for me, it was almost like learning, like, what is my truth? And can my truth also shift? And it can be, there are multiple truths. I feel like what Gemini was trying to reveal to us is that there was, there is actually more than one truth. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's time to allow, it's almost also that it's time to allow other people to have their truth and just to honor where they're at with whatever that is. And that we don't actually have to project our truths onto other people, mm-hmm. which was like mm-hmm. a big thing to witness. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you, I mean, that was all 2021. Yeah. yeah. That's all 2021 was. Um, and so some people made the tikkun and some people didn't. So, yeah. you know, and now everything the, will notes, be revealed. the notes come back every 18 years. So they'll have a chance to do it again. <laughs> right. And now we're in like, everything's being like revealed now. That's everything's coming to the surface. There's no hiding these next couple of years Mm-mm. with anybody. You, t- you touched on the U.S. and I know you were talking about Sagittarius rising, but um, I'd like to close out. And then Leah, if you have any, any last questions too, because she's projector. So she's always over there just watching the generators chat. That's, <laughs> but so I do want to leave, cause I know that some things probably might've come to you, but what is your take on um, before we pass it to Leah for a second, what is your take on the Pluto return that we're about to enter into? So the Pluto return actually began in 20, in 2008. Mm. Um, it began in 2008 with Pluto's entrance into Capricorn, and uh, it's in the the uh, in the United States second house, uh, which relates to financial systems uh, and uh, wealth. Uh, it also relates to um, abuses of power. Mm-hmm. Um, it relates to the uh, the uh, it is highlighting and showing the the shadow side of our systems particularly our financial systems and the way in which our financial systems are being misused um, uh, particularly by those who are in power uh, in order to it's showing the corruption Mm -hmm. okay Um, as pluto inched closer to uh 27 degrees um is it 27 or 28 i can never remember but um, to, to that 27 or 28 degree point, um, actually here, I'll tell you right now, 20, 27 degree, that 27 degree point, which by the way, yesterday was the exact hit, the first of three. Yeah. Um, so it's That's no right. surprise that this, this week we'll probably see development with the Russian Ukraine situation. I mean, mm. there's a lot that there's a, it's very, um, intertwined with a lot of other themes. But what the Pluto return does is it exposes the shadow. It exposes the corrupt. It exposes the, uh, the obscene. Um, it brings light to the, uh, the abuse that is happening within, let's say this area, okay? So the way that money is 
an abusive force within our country and even within the world because we're the world power mm -hmm. um and the players in that abuse um you know we we see a lot of it related to um you know the the uh, you know black folks really standing up and saying you know uh, enough um it, also the me too movement women standing up saying enough and really exposing the corrupt, um, the corruption at the top that exists at the top and how the corruption of the system has become a vehicle of oppression mm -hmm. for so many people in our country. Uh, and what the Pluto return will do is it will force us to deal with it. It will force us to change it. It will force us to trash it. And it will force us to, as a, as a nation, to come to terms with our past, to come to terms with the, the atrocities that were committed in order to bring this country to where it was. Right. And, to, and, to, and to look at that and, and to be faced with that, the reality of that, and through, you know, what's interesting is that millennials, we were the first generation really to grow up with absolutely no segregation. You know, even, even our parents, even our parents, there was still lingering, you know, aspects of segregation. So we were the first, first generation not to really have that flagrantly, you know, uh, in our face. So it makes sense that you know, our generation would be the ones that would say, hey, you know, this is not okay. You know, the, the, these abuses are not okay. Uh, and so what, what, will, what will come of it will be a process of change. Uh, there will be power struggles, um, but it will lead us into deep, deep transformation as a country. Uh, and so some for some people that transformation will be painful um and for others it will not uh, it really depends on really how engaged with the process of spiritual change we are on an individual level the more conscious and engaged we are with our spiritual work the work of correction the work of shifting out a vessel into light consciousness the uh, more uh, aligned with the light we're going to be and it will shift out of the chaotic universe into the parallel peaceful universe and so that's um you know it can seem scary it can seem frightening um but it is what what is coming up are things that need to be removed things that need to be cut out things that need to be changed. So, um, you know, these changes are gonna require uh, a reckoning of those who are in power and um, a, um, an honesty about um, who we are as a country and what we want to become for the next 248 years. That's how long Pluto takes to go in a cycle, so. Lots to look forward to. <laughs> yeah.
definitely a power, definitely a power struggle. I feel like we've already been seeing that play out for the, like, honestly, the last few years of leading up to this. And um, I'm curious, Leah, you're over there. You've been quiet for the majority of the time. You've, you've, you've chimed in a couple of times, but do you have any, um, any questions, comments before we, we wrap this up? I always want to make sure you're. I don't, I don't really. I just have loved listening to like all of the stuff that you teach and that you are really passionate about because it like shows mm-hmm. with how like articulated you are with everything, how you explain things in like a really simple way. It's really helpful. I feel like I personally have gone down a lot of different paths with my personal healing and like spirituality and that kind of stuff. And it all, I can just picture each place where I was like, that sounds pretty similar to what you were just explaining. Like that sounds exactly. So it's really interesting to kind of have like an overall picture of like, okay, this is, I was probably doing all of the things from the one to 10. It just was in like a different way. So it was, it's pretty interesting and it's just cool to hear how you explain it and so hopefully it helps other people kind of understand all of the things that um have to do with kabbalah because i think it's really interesting how it all works together and also i have a tree of life tattooed on my shoulder oh cool Um, (laughs) are you jewish no no okay just happened just happened amazing yeah you don't have to you don't have to be jewish to study kabbalah you know the, the kabbalah was was um um entrusted initially uh, to the jewish people and then it was ultimately meant to be shared with the entire world and that's where we are now that's why it's the age of aquarius it's because in the age of aquarius this wisdom is accessible to all and this is what aquarius is aquarius is a democratization um, of knowledge and information and that's what has occurred um, so yeah so it is a powerful knowledge it is um, and for anybody who's interested in, um, in learning more about Kabbalah and studying Kabbalah and this wisdom, you can go to Kabbalah.com. It's K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H.com. Um, and there, there's a whole catalog of courses and classes you can take. There's a membership you can get um, where you have access to, I mean, literally tens of thousands of hours of, of classes taught by our teachers. Um, and then, of course, if you're interested in doing uh, an astrological consultation with me, you can go to astrology.kabbalah.com um, and there you can sign up for what you want to do a natal chart reading, which if you've never done an astrological, um, a Kabbalistic um, astrology chart, um, it's very different. It's very different from uh, you know, a conventional chart. Um, it's, it's a much different take. Um, so that's where, you know, that's where I would recommend you start. Yes, I was gonna. I was gonna close out with, please give us all your information. Market. What, is, what do you want from me? This is this is what, what I do. Uh, hello. Your, well, your market. All your, your, your contact info. Yeah. Tell us where they can find you on Instagram as well. Yeah. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's at Astral Above. That's A S T R A L A B O V E. Astral Above. Um, there I post pretty regularly. Um, I do videos and consciousness and explanation. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. And I will link all your information below. Did you give us your website as well? Yeah. And if you want to, um, check out my website, it's astralabove.com. 
Um, if you are listening to this and you are already a student of the Kabbalah Center, um, uh, please register through the Kabbalah Center directly. Um, if you're not, then you're welcome to register through my website at astralabove.com. Awesome. And I love that you are like, you're like in it now. You're like, you're like, you're, how do I say? You're like in the center. Doing, like, how did that, can you tell me, can we close out with you just telling us how that happened real quick? Because I, yeah. Yeah, I really want to know. I mean, I, I, I actually started studying astrology before studying Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And um, the incorporation of astrology was something that really attracted me. And so I was um, studying and practicing both for a very long time. Um, and uh, at the time, m- me being uh, a student of the Kabbalah Center, it was a conflict of interest for me to, you know, um, promote, uh, you know, my consultations um, with anyone in the center. Because obviously, you know, would I come into your would I come into your place of business and say, hey, you know, come by for me? You know, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not it's not good ethics. Um, but eventually, um, uh, I studied um, more closely through uh, my teacher Yael Yardeni. Um, she is the uh, senior astrologer with the Kabbalah Center. Um, I learned through her Academy of Kabbalistic Astrology, with it, which anybody can learn there. It's a AK academyastro.com um, if you want to learn how to actually practice Kabbalistic astrology. Um, but I took that. Um, I went through her curriculum. Um, and it wasn't uh, too long after I completed it um, that I was I was asked to to be a part of the staff. Um, so yeah, so definitely something that was um, that was a dream that I didn't really imagine could ever happen. Um, but uh, you know, I, I did the work and I put in the effort and it paid off. And you're so, also really good at it. You're just, it's like, thank you. it's a, it's a natural ability that you, that you have. Thank you. Thank you. I feel that. I feel that it's, it's I'm bringing it from past life. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us all this information. Oh, I feel like gave us a crash course, <laughs> literally <Yeah>. everything, <laughs> which is also such a manifesting generator thing to do because you guys move through um, the world so quickly and like jump from one thing to the next. So it was just, it's kind of the way your energy works. So I enjoyed I'm it. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad. And thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I, um, it's, a, it's a real pleasure um, to be able to share this space with you. Um, and I value it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank so, you. Thank you everybody for listening and we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Crystal and I are really here as defined hearts to provide value to you with our unique insights. If you have found any of this episode valuable to you, we ask that you share with a friend, tag us with a highlight on Instagram, and write us a review so we can reach more people. Human design and astrology are tools to guide us toward our transformation. You are a unique and beautiful being, and we encourage you to let that light inside of you shine bright. See you in the next episode, friends.